Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane Jane. Well, hello, everyone. Kick off your slingbacks, pour out your vino, snuggle down on your beanbag, because we are chatting about all things Downton, reflecting on the pros and cons of Janie's five refuse bins, and barely being able to contain our excitement at having a good old chinwag with one of the Archer's best-known voices, Susie Riddell. Well, hello, Janie James. How are you today, darling? I'm all right, thanks. How are you doing? Where, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I've been up to quite a lot, actually. I've actually done yoga this morning, so I'm, I'm feeling you? a bit stiff. My back's feeling a bit stiff. But, um, yeah, I've been doing quite a bit, really. And uh, i tell you what I did do. I went to see that film, Downton Abbey. Did you? What's the it like? Book. Fantastic. Is it good? Uh, I really, 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 really did love it, actually. it I mean, the expense. Have you, you've not seen it, have you? You've not seen no, it? No, I haven't. No. Have no, you? No. Um, no, it's just it's just brilliant. It's it's oh, the expense. There's been so much money spent on it. The costumes are absolutely fantastic. And the script's really good. There are so many different storylines in it. Uh, and some just brilliant performances. You know, Maggie Smith. Oh, I just love oh. that woman. She was just, just brilliant. But um, no, we had a really good, it's about, you know, two and a quarter hours, something like that. So it's quite a long film but we were completely absorbed and I just loved it it was fantasy land for two and a half hours it was great and of course I, I a couple of the people in there I, I know Leslie Nichols who plays Mrs Patmore she was with me at drama school so that's lovely that's lovely to see her doing so well and enjoying it so much um, and uh, oh and I tell you who else is in it Paul Copley who plays Leonard in The Archers no. Uh, he, yes, yes, yes. He, he, he was also in it. Yes, it was, it was great. But what about you? What have you been up to? Well, hang on a minute, because also, what? didn't you teach Laura Carmichael, who plays Lady Duda? Yes, I did. Yes, What's I her did. Name? Actually, Lady... Edith. Edith, it's Edith, Honestly, Lady Edith. I don't know my own name. Lady Edith, you yes. taught her, didn't you, at Bristol? Yes, 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 I did, Bristol Oak Theatre School. Yeah, yeah, she's lovely, yeah, she's lovely really And um, you know, it's been so life changing, hasn't it, for those actors? The the the, the huge oh, success of it, because I don't think they expected it to be like that at all. You know, it was it was great to have been cast in it originally, but they probably just thought it was a one off drama, and then you know, it's just just skyrocketed and of course that's the thing America loves it and that's why there's so much money invested in these films now but some of those costumes they were to die for and the sets you know because it was England and France which just just brilliant really? just brilliant anyway enough of that I'm in love with Downton um how about you I must go I need to go and see it where um, where have you got to go Lou what? no I need oh, to go and see oh, Downton oh the film I need to go to Downton oh, sorry that's alright sorry turn your turn your doodle up love. yeah no I need to go and see Downton <laughs> yeah um, I have been out it took grandson yeah. to the Polka Theatre in Wimbledon which is children's, oh. a children's theatre we're very lucky yeah. to be in easy striking distance of it mm. and yeah he's four he absolutely loved it it's so Did he? exciting to see a little one get kind of really yeah was it the first thing theater. he'd seen was it the first thing he'd, he'd seen his Jane? parents took him to see something a couple of months ago right uh, that was a puppet thing in brighton where they live and he came out mm. of that and said oh mummy, do you think there are other things on at the theater that we could go and see oh, like, oh bless his heart so, oh, yeah. so yes, yeah. so instantly, yeah. instantly, you said, right, yeah. we'll take him to Polk and see how he gets on with Absolutely. that. It is lovely, isn't it, when you see children just suddenly being amazed um, by things, is it? Yeah. And so yeah. it'll be pantomime next, I guess, will it, for oh, him this yeah, year? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, we could do panto, could we? 
you could do panto. Oh, how lovely. Well, of course, I also went to the theatre just a couple of weeks ago. And it's actually one of the first theatre trips I have been on um, since COVID, actually. I got a bit anxious about it. But it was all fine. And in fact, uh, went to the RSC uh, to see The Wars of the Roses. Uh, And it was a very good production. And as it happens, um, the guest on our show today is the person that I went with. Who could that be? Uh, <laughs> well, lovely it listeners. It was your Jane, secret, yeah. Yeah, my secret, my secret theatre buddy. Uh, and her mum, actually. Theatre buddy and her mum. So, lovely, lovely listeners out there. Janie and I are really excited to have, as our guest on the show today, one of my fellow Archers actors, the fabulously wonderful Susie Riddell. Yay! Yay! brilliantly. The legend that is Tracy Harvin. Oh. We're so oh, thrilled to have you on the show, Susie. So, so, so oh, it's thrilled. so nice to be here. It's so it's such a pleasure and so nice to meet you, Jane. Because we've never met. Um, and you you're, too. You're, and you're, you too. We're going to talk about Tracy because you made such an impact uh, with that character. We're going to talk about the lady, but but first, we wanted to talk to you a bit about your podcast because you've got a really successful podcast, haven't you? Uh, with your friend um, Esther, well, limited time opinion. only. No, no, it is. It's, it's <laughs> great. It's great. But um, and of course, Janie and I have, have have been listening to them, but we were so amused by. I think it was your very first episode when you were actually talking about what you thought. It might be like to get older, you know, and uh, your fears about possibly what that might be. Uh, so we thought, well, you know, look no further because we are it now. We, we are the look of getting a bit older. You know, we are the mature adults. So we just thought it might be a bit fun to uh, to, to muse on that and address some of those yeah. issues. Didn't we, Janie? Didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what can we tell you about being on this side <laughs> of the... <laughs> well, it's because the, 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 the reason we set up the podcast, the reason we started the podcast, well, part, one of the reasons was it was lockdown and uh, we were desperate for a creative outlet and we couldn't meet. And what do we do? You know, you can't put a play on. Um, so we um, started the podcast and, and um, came up with the title Limited Time Only because we're both completely obsessed with... Um, the idea of running out of time and mm. trying to get too trying to get so much done and there isn't mm. enough time and I haven't what what I haven't achieved anything how much have I got time left to achieve anything mm. and um what what do I actually want to achieve uh, how do I be happy and I'm going to get old and I'm going to die <laughs> so it kind of and and then your the title of your show your podcast as well made me laugh because it's kind of along a slightly similar theme really yes, um, yes. but slightly yeah, more we, we, put yes. That's it, because we have what one stiletto in the grave, you know, because we're a bit older than you. Because that's well, right. <laughs> so yeah, so our first episode was called um, "Time for Every Every Episode's Time for Something Else." We talk about something else, oh. and it's time for getting on a bit. So mm. yeah, we came up with our what was our three biggest fears about getting on, and our three biggest th- things that we're looking forward to the most. I mean, my fears were things like um, coach trips because I get really travel sick, uh, and I don't like travel suites. They really, they make me feel sick, so they don't work. Um, having to watch daytime television all day, um, mm-hmm. which fills me with absolute dread. Um, I, 
can't remember what my other one was. But, 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 but listen, incontinence, listen, probably. But, but incontinence. <laughs> yeah, well, there's all sorts of uh, pads for that, you know. Anyway, well, that's beside the point. Let's not go there. Um, now, um, yeah, but you know, the thing is, though, yeah, TV, I mean, I love it, actually. I'm, I, if I've got any time, I do quite like daytime television. But you've got box sets. You've got box sets to look forward to, haven't you? Let, let's face it. Yeah. And, um, and, I mean, if you're worried about things like, I don't know, you know, eyesight and all that, I mean, the great advantage of that is, you know, you can't see the crumbs on the floor anymore or the dust on the television. So you've got to look at the positives. You've well, got to look I've at already, the positives my eyesight's so bad already, so that's, that's, uh, that's all right. I'm dealing with that one. It's, it's the, I'm, I'm, I'm heading very close to getting, you know, bifocals situation. So that's, that's uh, where I'm at right now. That kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's a big step. But Janie, didn't you, didn't you have some operation, some some operation on your eyes or something? I did to I share did. with to share with Susie here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I had surgery. I, my, I was so short sighted from quite a young age, and um, yeah. So eventually, it cost me so much in specs and contact yeah. lenses and everything yeah. else. Eventually. I, th- I did this calculation spreadsheet. How many years am I likely to live? How many pairs of specs <laughs> am I likely to need to buy? It'd be cheaper to get the surgery to, um, uh, yeah, to get my yes. to get my eyes sorted. So, uh, but yeah, the the problem with it is like I've got a friend who had a cataract done, and I mm. phoned her up the next day and said, "How how are you doing?" And she said, "Well, I'm all right." She said, "But I've got wrinkles, and my house is filthy." <laughs> brilliant oh, that is just brilliant that is just brilliant so that was a little bit of an yeah. answer so, so, so there, are, there are advantages to having yeah. dodgy eyesight you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my mum yeah. actually had glaucoma and cataracts and mm. since the oper- since the operations her her eyesight which was really bad really short sight she's mm. now got perfect eyesight really? for the first time in her life mm. um so she doesn't need to wear contact but she has got a constantly weeping eye which yeah. is, she? everyone always thinks she's crying in Marks and Spencers, but she's not. Oh. That's really interesting because, of course, I did meet your mum when, when we went to yes. the theatre. I mean, I've never met her before. And, of course, yeah, I mean, it's surprising you tell me that because, of course, you know, she wasn't wearing glasses or anything. I mean, it, might, it must be such a different experience, mustn't it, when suddenly you can see really quite clearly. It's it must fantastic. alter your whole world, yeah, actually, in a, in, a, in, a, in a really it's, different way. It's fantastic. But, but i tell you yeah. what the pluses are, of course, um, uh, of getting slightly older. It, bus passes, train passes... Discounts on things. That's what that I was looking really forward something. to. Yeah, yeah brilliant. That's the that's main thing. Yeah. You, you live in London, don't you, Susie? Yeah. So at the, at the free travel on the tube, it is... It, I was so excited when I got to 60. <laughs> I can't tell you. It was <laughs> just a happy day. I can travel on the tube without yes. paying. Yay! I think that should right be around the circle should... line. <laughs> I'll be doing but do you think there should be like something like that little reward every time you reach a kind of age milestone like 40 for me was pretty I found it quite traumatic Mm, I have to say um so I think there should have been a little perk when you hit 40 rather than Mm. just the oh you're Mm. you know oh you're 40 now Mm. you look suddenly very Mm. suddenly you look older and your body starts falling apart there should be a little Mm. I don't know free tickets for I don't know Mm. concerts it's it's really interesting when when you when you say about that you know when you hit those o's mm. when you, and i can remember you know when i hit my 40 o and it was a little little while ago now darlings but um i remember i was doing some theater plays um uh in worcester for jenny stevens who who actually is directed doesn't show me and um i was cast um it, it, it was kind of some love interest but it was the first time i'd been cast 
in a love relationship since I was probably in my mid-30s. And it was really weird because I was looking at it with very different eyes. I was no longer kind of a young juve or whatever. Mm. I thought, oh my God, how have I got here? I do remember that. And it was all fine eventually. But it was the way you kind of, you, you re-look re at the way that you start to relate to people because you're that much, you're that much older. And, and the way so you're, perce you're, perce you're kind of perceived. Mm. And I, I've noticed with castings and things, you know, it's now it's like we don't want anyone to it was something the other day it was a voice thing don't want anyone too young sounding mm. um no one younger than 30 we can mm. also see older people 40 50 60 I was like, mm. so basically mm. you just want 30 to 39 mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. And, and, it, and it's and it's a fallacy isn't it because we all know that you can be 50 and sound 20 and and the other way around it just depends yes, on your vocal it's ridiculous. quality it's ridiculous. i mean it, it's it's crazy it's 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 very quickly because this is about you not me but when i got lillian in the archers um vanessa whitburn was was our lovely editor at the time and she was great and i'd worked with her a lot on other things and and it was being cast and so on and and, and i you know talked to her about it she said the thing is i think you're going to sound a bit too young because this lillian is blah 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 so that was really really interesting and it gave me a bit of a, obviously when I went to do the audition I, I knew that but I, I always remembered that and I thought yeah people are just sort of stuck a little bit on 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 age yes you know. because um, you know and think because the thing with radio that's the joy of it isn't it you can literally yeah, play yeah. any age and yeah. no one will know no one, no, knows. No one will so will know I don't all. understand why any age would be specified um yeah. But now this is about you, the fantastic, the fantastic character that you've created with Tracy. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you about this because although we obviously we see each other in the green room and in, in studio, we never have time to talk, properly talk about stuff. And you've made such an impact with with the character. But what I want to ask you is, um, and Janie's I've got lots of questions too, but she started off as probably just a little kind of nub of an idea and she's grown hasn't she she's grown over the years and and how you have handled the development of the character how much input has been from you how much input has been from the writers and yeah, yeah. with her well yes because it was when I got I got the call from Julie Beckett to to say would you play Susan Carter's sister Tracy I was like yes please um, mm. and I thought it was just going to be you know, a couple of episodes for... It was their mother's funeral. And this was in 2011. Um, and I think I was booked for two episodes. Um, and it's quite... It is... It's quite strange, isn't it, going... Going into something like The Archers, where there's so many... It's just basically established characters across the board who've been... Some of you have been there for absolutely years. And then you go in and play um, a, a new character who has to fit in with with all these voices that everyone knows so well. Um so I remember I was very nervous about it because of mm. because of who, who which family and I was involved with Susan's such an iconic character. Mm. Um, and um, but I really I really enjoyed it. And I think then I was booked for a few more. And there was it, it was clear straight away that she was quite comic. She was in the comic yes. end of the, the spectrum yeah. for, mm. the, for the archers, which was great because that is where I would always prefer to be, really. I think it's much more fun mm. Mm. <laughs> um and uh, and I enjoy comedy very much and um and, and what I love about the archers is that it play you you can play or the, in an episode there can be high comedy mixed with complete tr tragedy at the same mm. time and I think that's what's so clever about the archers actually as a as a program um and with the characters and I think what I'm enjoying now is that I am getting slightly more serious storylines because the mm. character has become more embedded and is is a whole rounded character mm. now but it's taken mm. a long time because 
Tracy came in. Yeah, this is two episodes, 2011, then a few more. And she, she split up with her boyfriend and moved in with Susan and Neil. And there was all the comedy of that. Um, and then I really wasn't in it very much for quite a long time. I'd sort of pop up for a couple of episodes here and there. And then there was a big gap, like three years, where I wasn't in it at all. Um, and I reappeared in 2017. And since then, it's been it's been more regular. And it's been amazing and lovely how the character has been built. Mm. And I yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea how much... I mean, I would say, you know, I get given the script and then I, I perform the script. And um, But I suppose there must be an element of the way I was playing her mm-hmm. that gave the, the, you know... The ideas. The about, ideas to, I mean, well, I, think, I don't know. But were were to, you to given, you know, when you first came in, were you given any brief at all about her or did you just have to sort of, you know, play with what was on, on the page when you got the script? Did they give um, you an idea about her as a character or not, I really? Think, like, I think they did. I think they did a bit. I mean, uh, I, I knew she had sort of... It's like that kind of no-filter type character, quite... She was, she was always spoke her mind and... Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't afraid to say what she thought but she's not not from a bad not that never is from a bad place it's just no. she just got no filter well, no, she um, just calls a spade a spade didn't she yeah, she yeah, you know so. that's what's so lovable about her actually yeah. that's why we all love her and she had she had you know she was going through issues that you know she's splitting up with a boyfriend she's got two young kids mm. a bit older now um so she was just it was a bit she's a bit chaotic i think yeah. at that at that point and she still is to a certain extent sometimes um, but I've just been given just the there's so so many funny storylines and f- funny lines that have just been it's like oh I lo- this like this is a, this is a gag I've got a gag here you know I've I've absolutely loved it and and what and her the joy of Tracy I think is that she can she can be in scenes with any other character yeah because she can talk to absolutely everybody and find a connection with everybody. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I feel yeah, really that's lucky quite, that's quite that rare. Mm. I think that's quite rare because often there are sort of like groups of people that, that belong together. And what's brilliant about Tracy and what you've done with her is that, you know, she's big. Well, she's not big chums with, with Oliver at the moment, but, you know, she's had that lovely kind of relationship with Oliver, who's the very, very definitely the posh end. Mm. Um, and, you know, she gets on with Jim as well, who's at the posh end. But then yeah, she's yeah. but she's true to her roots as well. Yeah. And. Mm. I, I think that's that's very unusual, and it's very helpful for the writers, I'm sure, because they because they need somebody who moves between the different silos of mm. characters. And I think mm. the cr- cricket has been a real yeah. kind of yeah, you know it's brilliant. And when I got, I was getting st- scenes with Tony and Pat. And I'm like, this yeah. is absolutely brilliant. Mm. And Justin mm. had a big bust yeah. up with Justin at the pub. That mm. was that was a treat. T- telling Justin Elliott to do one in the bull has got to be a real <laughs> highlight for me. It's, it's just brilliant. <laughs> I, I, the other thing that, um, as well, uh, you know, b- being a, a character now for quite a long time, of course, as time goes on, you 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 have, they create relationships, don't they, with other people. And of course, what happened for me, I remember, I've been playing Lydia for quite a while and, and we talked about her son, James, but he was he wasn't there and then darling mm. roger may came into playing. Yeah, but i do great. remember and i don't know if this happened with you um uh with chelsea when suddenly she was voiced by lo- the lovely maddie leslie i remember when i got my first scene with um uh, with roger who played james as my son i thought oh god what am i like as a mother um, how do I relate to you, actually? I, I know people say that she's probably not a particularly good mother, but it was actually having the actor there 
what is my actual, how am I going to do this with you? I do remember thinking that. I mean, maybe you were more straightforward with, uh, with your character, I don't know. But it was a real jolt for me. And every time I've had a relationship with somebody else, you know, for, I had Matt and, and then I had his brother Paul and now I've got lovely Simon who plays Justin. And having to re- readjust all the time and think, oh, how am I going to be? Because they're different. So they're, yeah. they're, they're all giving me different energy. Yes. Um, and I always found that quite challenging. I love it because it's constantly challenging. But did you find that, you know, when, when lovely Chelsea came in, uh, when Maddie came in? It's, it's, it is weird because you, you're so used to talking to them. I've, I've, I've spoke, been speaking to Chelsea for years, but I've just been yelling up the stairs to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so, yeah, I, I totally get that. that it, it, and I was involved in the audition process, which was nice. Oh. So I had I had yeah. already I um I uh, had done a scene and sort of worked with her and knew she was going to be great um, and that we were going to I mean she's just absolutely nailed mm-hmm. the kind of she really has the yeah. accent and kind of the the horror bin sort of attitude I suppose there's mm-hmm. a, there's an attitude there mm-hmm. um, and she's fantastic but I totally get that because suddenly I was like oh yeah okay so mm-hmm. I'm a, I have to. This is a very different way of behaving. But but I suppose it's like we all are. I mean, I'm very different Susie at home with my kids, yeah. Yeah. especially yeah. when I'm annoyed with them, um, <laughs> than, than I am anywhere else. Um, so it's, yeah. And so it's it's taken, well, how long has it been now? It's been about eight months or something. Mm-hmm. And oh. it is, we're still, we're still working on that relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to when we can actually hug because <laughs> you know mm. hugging and we can't touch yet because of because yeah. of covid um mm. rules and so yeah. we're hugging each hugging ourselves when we give each other a hug and i'm looking forward to actually having that physical because even though it's radio i think that proximity to each other behind mm. the microphone and the and, mm. and being able to touch each other mm. is really it's adds great, so much it? doesn't it I, it does I, i'm really great at snogging jazza from three meters apart <laughs> i mean that is a skill that i'm putting yeah. on my cv um, <laughs> not that I'll snog him, you know, when we get stuck. Oh, yes. You can't even will. look at him. You can't even look at the, the other person. Yeah. Um, no, that's true, because we're all on separate microphones still, aren't we, yeah. Susie? Because normally we'd be, you know, if you and I and I don't know, three or four people, we'd all be sharing the same microphone. But yeah. now because of COVID, we are. Jostling and although position. you've always got to be mindful of the mic when you're as a radio actor, but you still are able to interact with each other, aren't you? I really and it, miss yeah, that. Yeah, I miss that too. I yeah. totally get that. So, yeah. so I, but, you know, sorry, sorry. Uh, I was just going to ask. I was talking about Jazza, who's the the, the great. Uh, it's just a lovely relationship. That did that mm-hmm. relationship begin um, while you were recording remotely during COVID? Um, it it big no. Uh, hang on a second. Let me think. I think it started when we were still in studio. Ah, right. Okay. But but it must have been quite difficult I think to we develop were on, it. I think we we're on separate mics. Right. Yeah, we were still on separate. Yeah, we started off a separate mic because we 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 came out of studio, then we went back in, and then we came out again, and then we went back in again. So um, it start. It did start because I, and I knew I knew something was going to happen because um, we had a massive argument. Like Tracy and Jazza had never met. Like right. we'd never. I mean, we had met in the village probably, uh, <laughs> but if it, we'd never actually spoken. I don't think on um, on air. And she had this massive row with him, and I was like, they're going to get together. <laughs> And I said, I think I said it to one of the producers. And they were like, well, I can't, I can't say anything. Yeah. Um, because you just know, don't you? There's, there's a similarity between them that drew them t- yeah. together. Yeah. But then, and then, yes, um, 
we our first nog was yeah you know microphones three meters apart it was new year's eve um 2020 it must have been um and then we kept then we were back out of studio and and, you know recording remotely and now it's now we're back in but I, i was um whenever i thought well who could tracy ever get together with it was only ever jazza really mm. and i think it's such a i love working with ryan he is so brilliant and um and and this yeah it's just so fun it's just such a lovely and it's really lovely as the listener i mean i know i'm in the show but i'm you know i listen to oh, i listen to, i'm a listener yeah you know? and I, I don't know about you too, but i stand outside i know i'm in it but mm. i'm still involved as a listener but i have just loved just watching your relationship progress and now of course you you got chelsea there and um there's some lovely tenderness that's that's beginning to develop and the care for each other yeah. um i find it really 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 touching um you know, I think Chelsea's concern about if Jazza moved in, you know, in her kind of abrupt way, you, everybody thought it was because she didn't like Jazza, but actually it's because she wants that relationship to be to work for her mum. And I just find it so really much. precious. I know, it's so precious. <laughs> I know, it's it's just lovely, what, yeah. that, that development. But I've also been interested, because of the whole thing with Greg Abels and so on, um, for, for Tracy, that was such a leg up, wasn't it, when yeah. Oliver gave her that job. So, you know, how that's going to affect her. And, and, yeah. and she's, you know, going through tough times isn't she well, you know as I lots of people are at the minute oh, so. yeah she is rep- i think she is representing a, a huge proportion of of um the uk at the moment and i think that that's probably i know that's quite conscious i'd i'd have thought mm-hmm. um but the, the losing gray gables i mean honestly i was devastated <laughs> as me <laughs> susie yeah. i couldn't sleep i mean i said to the oh, editor yes. I, I read these scripts and then um I couldn't sleep and I was in a really bad mood the next day and I was like, why am I in such a bad mood? I was like, oh yeah, because I've just lost my, my job. I nearly swore then. Um, but I, I, um, it was such a lovely job and so different for Tracy and such an opportunity and that's why, and that's why, she's, that's why she's grown, I think, and, mm-hmm. and become more um, rounded, I think, as a person because she's been given this opportunity um, and and to speak to, to to people she'd never speak to before and have that friendship with Oliver and and obviously it's going through a rocky patch, mm. um, but I was I was absolutely devastated and I think and and I know Tra- Tracy is as well and it it really felt like a kick in the teeth that the best job she's ever had best job I've ever had, um, yeah and it's and it's gone and did, that's interesting because like it did. Did it affect... Because when I listen, I go, I didn't know. I mean, we don't always know what other storylines are. I mean, I literally heard it on air. I went, mm. <gasps> it was an intake of breath. And I'm actually not completely related to, to that place at all. Um, but do, do, do you think that informs... I mean, we play all, lots of different scenes, with, but do you think that somewhere informs the playing of your scenes with that knowledge of that loss? Her confidence level, just generally? How much I does it infiltrate? confidence. Yeah. Mm. And I think everything that happened from, from then... Um, she went for two jobs and didn't get them. She mm. she was interviewed by an old school friend who remembered her as a, you know, blue eyeshadow wearing, chewing gum, chewing, not giving a monkeys about her schoolwork, um, who still, who lived at home with a, you know, who still lives in the same house she was living in when she was 14 with a brother and a dad. And it really, it really knocked her. Because mm. she's very, because she, she comes across as being confident and, but it's mm. like, like so many people, we all can appear confident and then, you know, you get you get little chips away at you, yeah. and it can all f- fall down a bit. And I erode. think, yeah, erode. That's the word. And uh, so she she's really been struggling with her 
self-confidence. And then and then that makes it so hard, doesn't it? If you're trying to get a job and trying mm. to pull yourself out of something, if you're not mm. feeling it, um, and when you've got financial worries, which they really do. Mm. So, um, but hopefully it's such, it a, it's mm. such a privilege, isn't it, Susie, as you're talking about the character and all the different things that's happening around, and I feel it about Lillian, and I don't know about other friends feel who are in the arches, but it's such a privilege to be with a character for, for length of time, because you build up, don't you, this reservoir, this baggage of information about a character. And sometimes if I'm faced in a situation as Lillian that is unusual, I know somewhere I'm... I'm I'm pulling on that reservoir of knowledge and information, not on a conscious level, but you know, in the way I'm playing stuff. It's very interesting, actually. Because it's your lived experience. It's a lived experience, mm. isn't it? In a way, I mean, imaginary lived experience. But it, yes, I, I really I feel like she's she's sort of my alter ego, really. Like mm. you know, in my head, when I listen to the Archers, and I do, I'm a listener as well. I I love it, and I love. Um, I love listening. I get totally drawn in. I know everyone's standing behind a microphone in the mailbox, but no, they're not. <laughs> they're in the bull or they're in a yeah. field or whatever. Um, and I really see, and I see everybody as as we are, as um, as we look. And I know, obviously, all the listeners have different images of the characters in their heads, but I see us as as we all are, in this other, in this you know other dimension. So existing we exist mm. all the time mm. Tracy's mm. over there now could be chatting to Lillian don't know maybe they're, maybe they're out mm. for a walk and mm. they're existing all the time and mm. and then when and then we get to go and just jump into that jump into their boots for mm. for a couple of hours mm. and then I love mm. it I love yes. I love that there's this whole world that exists yeah. Yeah. in another yeah. dimension that we we can step into and out of yeah. And it is and, such and a privilege. It's lovely. And we, and we can step into it like a really comfortable pair of old shoes when we've been playing it, you know. And that oh. means that we can do more as a consequence, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, uh, and I, my heart always goes out to, to, to folk who come into the arches, you know, playing new characters because... I know that journey and, and, and I know how tricky it can be because like you, I remember my first scene, I think, was with um, with Linda Snell, Carol and, and um, Eddie Grundy, Trev, Gosh. and I was in the middle of them. And I just thought, I can't, but these are these iconic voices that I've been hearing all my life. I don't know who I am. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Yes, what the heck else me anyway? You don't know who you are and, at that point. You don't no, know, you're, just, you're just words on a page, really. Yeah. yeah. And, I think, so right. and I think for both of you, you both had characters that were sort of like the rude mechanicals weren't you to start with yes and you've both kind of turned them into very well-rounded characters who've got um who've shown other sides of their personalities then it's not just a gag a minute you know Mm. we've seen another side of Lillian and we're certainly seeing another side of Tracy at the moment how is it Susie how is it to play that now because you know you said you like playing the humor and so on but things are really bleak at the moment Mm. for Tracy do you take that home with you um, I certainly did. Uh, the, reading the scripts did affect did affect me. When I, um, I definitely, I was, I really had to check myself because I, I was, I fully realised that I was in a bad mood because of because something happening to Tracy. I think, um, I, I don't think I do now. I don't, I don't think I do. I think, I think, um, I love being, I love being there, and I love recording, even if it's. Um, it can be quite exhausted. I feel exhausted. In fact, the, right. the, the, the Grey Gables closing episodes, that was, it was, it was emotionally draining. And that's unusual for, because I don't, because yeah, Tracy hasn't really had those kinds of um, storylines. And I did feel very tired after all of that and drained. Um, and also because actually, because then you think, well, 
okay, if I'm not a Grey Gables, I'm not going to be with Oliver and Roy mm. and Freddie. And I, 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 I feel sad that I don't get to, um, you know, have hang out with them and have scenes with them. Or, if, you know, because I just, I, I love scenes with Roy. Absolutely mm. love. Trace and Roy together, absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, so I I think that's what I take away. I take away an actual <laughs> missing things. Yeah, oh, it is. It is. It is. It I is need a help, loss. really, don't I? Yeah. Uh, well, about all this. I, I understand. It too. I mean, I know when um, Kim Durham left. You know who played Matt? We'd mm. been oh. an item for. I was. I can share that with you and the nation. Whoever's <laughs> listening, I mean, I was really low for a very yeah. long time Aww. because it was very special as a relationship. Um, it just that we built up together. We built it up from nothing. We were just two separate characters, and the, the, the editor, a bit like you with 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 uh, with lovely Jazza, uh, mm. Ryan, thought, oh, these might be quite interesting together. Let's pair mm. them together. Um, and so we built it up from nothing because actually both of us were he was in and out of it, and yeah. I was just coming into. There's no guarantee I was going to stay. You know um so yeah i know exactly what what you mean and i was really and i don't think i've ever quite got over it in a way it's very interesting that so it, it's that mirroring isn't it of, of course that's a fantasy world but you you invest so much don't well i do as an actor yeah, yes, in, in yeah. what i'm doing and, um, because it's because you live you're living with them all the time yeah. and even when mm. you're not in the show you're being mentioned and you yeah, know you're yes. still living tracy's still that's the thing i listen to it and i can hear i hear all the other characters even though they're not there they're present because they live there um so yeah and i suppose it's because people love it so much and and um that is such a lovely thing and like well, you know sometimes we get asked to leave a happy birthday message for somebody and it's so amazing to know that you can make somebody so happy by just leaving a little voice message because your that your voice is this character that exists and they listen to every day and they you know i just i love it and, and that was the one of the things wasn't it um uh, susie why you know our editor um uh, jeremy wanted to try and keep the show going if we possibly could during lockdown because yeah. knew how how whichever whatever way we could do it because we knew how important he knew how important it was to some of those listeners who were already isolated but were going to be even more isolated with the yeah. whole covid thing and, and yeah. it's great that we were able to you know, carry on, or you know, I mean, all the production staff just did brilliantly, didn't they, oh, with all that? Amazing. But, I don't know how but yeah, it. these characters become are really important, aren't they, mm. to 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 folk? Um, yes, yeah. Where where do you, um, where would you like to see Tracy going um, now, or is that too tricky a question? I think um, I think I'd like to see her get an, a decent job. Mm. Um, Me too. Yeah. So yeah, she's she a bit more stable. Yeah. 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 She's earned I think it. So. I think I'd like to see Ambridge veterans win the uh, the Ashes against yeah, the Darrington veterans. <laughs> <laughs> I want I wanted to carry. I love the cricket. I love. Um, I, I'm I'm reasonably. I would say I'm reasonably sporty, although I don't actually play much sport. But I, I play netball, and um, so I've got an I've got an inkling of that kind of competitive team sport mentality, and I just love the I love all the crickets. So I'd I'd like to see her continue to be the um, captain. Um, because that, that, that's that is, some inspired bit of writing, wasn't it? All, but yeah, yeah, I just so love good. that. You know, it's just just it, great. It, it, it would be yeah, it would be a very brave person who took the captaincy offer, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I don't know who. Yeah, it might be Leonard. I suppose would be. The, <laughs> he seems to be the best player at the moment. Um, yeah, and I, I think I don't know. I suppose it's what's nice is that because the you know getting her family's growing and 
um, it's nice to, to have these relationships and that, that's all still building. So um, it'll be nice to see how her relationship with Chelsea um, develops as Chelsea grows mm. up because she's going to be 18 this year. So she'll turn into you know, a young woman. Um, well, I certainly wanted to see her staying in Ambridge. Yes. Definitely. Well, she's not going no, to be would, getting any wonderful. It would be great if they won the lottery and then they could elbow, oh. you know, Justin and Lillian out of the Dow House. And How that would be it. That, be? that would be marvellous. Wouldn't that be a wonderful story? Oh, that, that would be great. great. They could, I think they could buy the bull and run the yes. bull. Oh, the you know, bull. yeah, that would be the place I quite like to work, actually, the yeah. bull. Yeah. yeah. I think we should suggest that to somebody. <laughs> Nobody says to what's his face, adult. Nobody yeah, who, says who, do you, who are you who do you work for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we should put in a complaint, Jamie. <laughs> Points of view. All will be revealed. All will be revealed um, in time. That is that is. For sure. But I tell you what, though, you, you guys actually, you and Ryan, who's Jazza, and um, a lovely uh, Chelsea Maddie, you're all incredibly musical. The three of you. In re- I think you could start a group. You could be called, you know, the Horribin, the Horribin. I don't know, whatever. You'd be marvellous. You see, you could go busking, couldn't you, in Borsetshire well, or wherever. I, I was actually pretty. Uh... Uh, peed off because there was a the Valentine's Day, you know, the where they were trying to. Clinton Jolie wanted an idea for Valentine's, mm-hmm. and we pitched. Uh, Jazza and Tracy went to pitch something, and um and it was it was like oh oh you could and if you win if you win your partner has to choose something for you like choose what you wear for the day or choose what sandwiches you eat, and it would choose uh, to sing sing to you all day, and Jazza was like oh Tracy you've got a voice like a crow with a cough or something crow with a smoke and i was like i mean this has actually ruined my dreams of singing on the arch doesn't it because if tracy's got a voice like a crow with a smoke's cough they're not going to be asking her to sing at the you know new year's celebration in five years time so i think i think they've done me done me down there they haven't they haven't they haven't because that could just be you know jazza being nasty in fact he knows that she's got the most fantastic voice there is always a way through this there is always a way through this you you sing in a choir don't you i mean yes i sing with the city city of london choir although i haven't Mm. this year the last thing i did christmas christmas concerts i've I've been too busy in ambridge doing um, to to do to work with them this term these last few terms but i i will like to go back yeah, so but it's that big classical yeah. repertoire with the choir. Not solo. I mean, not, I wouldn't stand at the front of them and sing a solo. That would be not not good. No, but, no, but, no, but, but, but try and you play. You play. Don't you play a trombone? Have I read I that? I play a song? trombone. I play. Mm. Yes, um, I'm learning the fiddle at the moment. Are you? Because I love folk music, and mm. um, I'm learning to play the fiddle. I've never, and my daughter is learning the, the violin at school, and I was like, oh. Have a go, have a go, and I'm really, really enjoying it. I I think it's such, it's so fun to play. And so I play, Mm. I've played, I play piano and trombone. I'm not saying I'm particularly good at either of them. (laughs) I mean, I can play them if you give me some music and six weeks. Um, But 
yeah, I'm just enjoying, it's nice to be learning an instrument, not at school, not as a young person mm. when you're having to go to lessons every week and and feeling awful in the back of the school orchestra. I'm just enjoying playing. And my husband plays the viola, so we've been playing oh, how duets. I mean, really badly, but, um, you know, a bit of Vivaldi. <laughs> Fantastic. At one tenth of the speed, um, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's really good. And I, my dream would be to sing and play folk music in a pub or something like that. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, like people, well, you can are. book her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah book me no. for five years' okay, time. No, absolutely. Give her a piece it. of music in six weeks, she'll be there with a the trombone. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I actually the last time I played the trombone was on was for Radio Four. Well, actually, I played I played a little bit when we did the the Archers the Archers cast sang the theme tune during lockdown. That was really fun. Um, but I played on a Radio Four drama called Homefront, and yes. um, yeah, and Jessica Dromgall, the director, has seen on my CV that I played the trombone, and my daughter was actually in Homefront more than me. She played a main. <laughs> when she was two she was brilliant um yeah but I was seven weeks seven weeks seven months pregnant with my littlest um my little boy and um she asked me if I'd play the trombone for this this piece and Helen Longworth who plays um Hannah Hannah, is a fantastic singer um she's a fantastic musician she played the ukulele and sang um and Gunnar Cawthory who was in Homefront a lot uh, played the piano and I played the trombone and and it was so fun, but but I was seven months pregnant, so my lung capacity was quite reduced. <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. I was I was like at the end, kind of <laughs> dying out of, out of puff. But I was lovely. That I, I really enjoyed that, and that's the joy of instruments when you play with other people. Um, mm. And I I find you know practicing on my own at home. I, it's mm. playing with other people, and I've played in performances much trombone. I'm so glad I played an instrument that was portable because I have played it in in touring. Shakespeare productions mostly um but that's why I say to my daughter keep learning keep it because if you can play an instrument quite well reasonably well doesn't have to be brilliant and you play with other people that brings so much joy to your life that you just can't you're so right you know it's interesting because I do not play um an instrument and I'm really sad about that but I wanted to play the piano yeah I suppose I I I could Uh, because we have got a piano at home actually um but um I I remember saying to my mum we had a keep hitting the microphone sorry folks um uh, I, we had a piano at home and I said to my mum I want to want to play and she said oh no she said you won't you won't you won't because you won't practice and what had happened was that she'd been forced to play the piano as a child she hated it yeah. and um so it wasn't that she was being cruel or anything she just said oh well there's no point you, mm-hmm. you know and I so regret because you know becoming an actor and it would have been so useful apart from anything else apart from just the joy of being able to to tinker about on the piano so yeah. yes you're quite right try yeah. keep trying to encourage your daughter just yeah. to, well she loves it and she's sort of always stood like a professional violin. I don't know. <laughs> I think if you if you've got the attitude for it, if you stand like a stand like you know what you're doing, that's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she just she has picked it up really really well. Um, so I just hope it's she, quite a tricky instrument, is it? Is it to to, to learn? Yeah, it is tricky. Yeah. It is tricky because it's all about tune. You've got to tune yourself. You've got a piano is probably the easiest, really, isn't it? Because you've just mm. you, you the keys are there. They're not going to go out of tune. Mm-hmm. You can't make them yeah. go out of tune. The piano can go out of tune, but mm-hmm. but with yes, the violin. It's, it's about that's why it sounds so painful when people are learning because they yes. don't quite get the right note. And I and when so so me learning and I'm like so conscious. Oh, oh, oh goodness me, that sounds horrific. But but 
it's, it's hard, but yeah. fun. It's fun. No, oh, I think so. But but thinking about um, you know, talking about your your daughter who was in Home Front just takes me back, of course, because you were originally Kate Aldridge, weren't you, in the Archers? Yeah. I, I mean, how old, how old were you, Susie, when you played? I was that? eleven. I was were eleven you? when I got that part. <laughs> yeah. So how did that how did that come about? Well, I was a member of the what was then known as the Central Central Junior Television Workshop in Birmingham. Uh, and obviously Central when Central Television existed. Um, I think it then became the ITV Junior Workshop and there's one in Nottingham as well. Um, and I auditioned for that to get into the workshop. I mean, it's so amazing. So 1989 or 99, I can't remember one of the other. It was free. So you had to you audition to get in, but it was open to every single child in, in Birmingham. So there were kids from every different background, Brilliant. every different, um, you know, uh, race. It was, it was so great because it was this whole melting pot of young um, Brummies. We are like brothers and sisters, all of us. And we had such different experiences growing up. Um, some, some children came from incredibly, you know, deprived backgrounds but we're get, but when we're put, put in this room together and can just perform and improvise and play it was it was wonderful and we all had such such a bond from, from that experience but um it it was it was created by central television to be a kind of resource for young performers for tv and film and, and radio and a lot of there are a lot of people from the workshop who've gone on to to as a career as a career i mean samantha morton <laughs> i'll mention wow. her because she's probably the most famous but she, she um she started off at the nottingham workshop um so it really so it kind of and, I, and the number of people who are still doing it in some full capacity it might be producers now it might not be in front of the camera um but it just shows what an amazing um training ground it was and how how loved how, how much we loved it but yeah so mm. I got this audition I didn't know what the archers was None, my family didn't listen to Radio 4 and um I was just really quite good at sight reading <laughs> I think yeah. and yeah. um yeah. and I remember having I remember reading um with Angie Piper who oh, plays yeah. Jennifer and um and uh yeah and I did the did the scene and I don't know whether I got recalled I must have done I can't remember really it's quite a long time ago <laughs> and I remember my dad picking me up from a workshop session um, and we went to, there's a, right opposite the canal, the, the central mm. studios were in Birmingham and we went for, a, I had a Diet Coke down by the canal and he started <laughs> singing at me. He was going, and I was like, oh God, my dad has gone mad. I mean, my dad is a pretty kind of... Um, straight-laced Scotsman doesn't sing. <laughs> I've never heard him sing. So him singing this weird tune at me was really strange. Um, and then he told me I'd got the part of Kate Aldridge. And I was delighted. And I had, but I had no concept no, of what you know, it was. What yeah. it was. And... Um, yeah. And, and did I you think, did you, yeah, did you at that stage? Sorry, sweet. Did you have to drop your lines in then, or did you come into studio? No, no. I was. You I came was, in. Yeah. And it was um, quite scary at times. You know, eleven. <laughs> it's quite a strange period because it went eleven to to sixteen. I was so I went through adolescence really, and you go through that kind of self doubt and shyness, and yeah. so I think I enjoyed it and hated it at the same time. Actually, mm-hmm. I, I found it really because sitting with a bunch of adults, yeah, not really got much to say. But but everyone was very nice. Um, and and kind um and I had some great storylines 
that I'll, I'll remember forever. I mean, it's like weirdly, you know, being held, Kate and, um, and Jack Woolley, her, her grandfather being held up in the village post office by Clive Horobin, who is now my brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. That was and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, and Kate let down their tyres or something. Mm. So they couldn't get, they, you know, they got caught by the police because Kate had let down the... Like, this is so weird, isn't it? That weird yeah. circle yeah. of art. So was it, was it weird when, when Julie yeah. Beckett rang you? I mean, did you know, did you have to audition for, for Tracy or did, were you just asked to do it? How did it happen? I was asked to do it. I, ju- I just oh, spent... Nine, no, I'd spent three months on the radio drama company. Yes, because you did that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's... Pro- and I, I'd had met Julie a couple of times in the intervening years, and I did a workshop with her a few years before. I remember going in and auditioning for Jenny Stevens, I think, mm. um, and Peter Leslie Wilde, both who direct The Archers, um, mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but yeah, so I'd just done the rep, and then... Um, and obviously been playing loads of different characters. And then I got yeah. the call from Judy. She'd I was absolutely you, delighted. Something. I, yeah. I never thought I'd be back in the Archers. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. I think I really, although I found it quite, um, it was very challenging as a young person. I think having that experience and it becoming quite normal. Because yeah. radio drama is quite different, isn't it? You know, when people yeah. haven't done it before, it's quite, it's yeah. a bit like, oh, yeah. right, which yeah. way do I face? And yeah. what do I do with the paper? Mm. And where yeah. do I move? And I, and, I, and I think as well, the Archers, again, is another level. I think is another level of radio drama. Do you, do you know to agree? Because it's so relaxed, isn't it? It's a relaxed, conversational. I used to yeah. say, when I used to teach at Bristol Evicted School radio, uh, you know, students, I used to say, what I want you to do is listen to the Archers. I want you, and I know you may think, but every actor knows exactly, they've got a different technique, they've got a different style. But if you if you can survive and do what they do, in the, then you'll be a good radio actor. And I really do believe that because it is about relaxation. It's just about ease. And of course, that's very difficult if you come <laughs> you coming in with a new character because you're it tense, aren't you? You know. But yes, it, it, it is, is a different it's all very style. Nice. It's got to be. It's, although it's it's I I think acting is quite strange, isn't it? I mean, gen, as a concept, <laughs> it's quite because it's it's natural, but it's it's not quite. I mean, it, it's. It, you know it's acting, but it's natural. Mm. But if you don't do it, if you but you can just get it so if you're just slightly off, mm. you could mm. you just sound like either you're reading or it's just too heightened mm. or something. Mm. Yeah, I think it is it is that being relaxed in the character, and you're absolutely right. You go in, you play a new character, and you you I can sense it for you sense it from yeah. actors have to come in one, one scene. Do. It's like having one do. line in a TV yeah. program or something. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, it's so, you, do, you know, yeah, we invest so much in it. five hours, you're building yourself up, then you've got this one line. It's like, mm. so, yeah. But, you know, that's one of the things of all the... I was going to ask, that was a question I was going to ask you. What, do you have a favourite medium, theatre, TV or radio? Oh, not Maybe TV. Not. <laughs> not I mean, TV. I haven't done loads of TV, but I do find it utterly boring. Although, do if you? anyone wants to cast me in a TV programme, I'm, I'm there for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just in case. Um, I, I think theatre... <laughs> <laughs> theatre is my great love and that's where that's where the love of the art you know love of the art that's where the love of acting started and and that's that's what I I love but I think radio is the most akin to theatre out of all the other genres the mediums <laughs> um, and I think it's it's yeah. challenging too isn't it because you've got to create a three-dimensional character just with your voice you know it's a different I that's what I love about it actually yeah. you know and, and 
and we're fortunate, aren't we, because we're in the Archers. Um, uh, you know, we know, hopefully we're going to get episodes, but you can try things out. You think, well, I wonder if I did such and such, you yes. know, and I, I, I don't know if you do that, but, you know, vocally, ah, oh, that works for me better or that, you know, and yeah, no, but I, I love listen. it as a medium. Yeah. Mm, do yeah. you? Yeah. And I, I, but I think it's, and I think it's such a physical medium. Mm. Um, and I think I, because I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm almost performing on stage when I'm in front of the microphone. Mm. I think mm, partly yeah. now as well, because it's because you, you're there and the, the audience is here mm. in the, the microphone mm. and the other mm. characters are there as well. Yeah. Um, I think it is a bit different now. It, it, it almost feels a bit more like that. Now we're all on a separate microphone face. I have to face this one direction. Um, but I think it's the closest to, to closer to the theatre than, than mm. TV. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's amazing. And I think what you, yeah, what you can achieve and experiment. And I suppose with the, with the archers, now I'm confident enough to, to say, oh, could I, just, could I just do that one more time? Yeah. Or if yeah. I've not been happy with something. Yeah. I, I don't do it very often, but sometimes mm. I'll, in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking, mm. oh, that didn't sound natural. That didn't yeah, sound yeah. real. Yeah. And you get to know, you get that inner voice, don't you? Mm. That inner ear. That, so oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, as somebody who doesn't, can't act, yeah. no idea how to do it. It's yeah. really interesting to and, listen and to you, you build talk up, about how don't to do you? it. You build up your, I don't know if you do, Susie, but you get to know your own voice. So I know we've got, you know, if I want to, I don't know, if I want to be soft or gentle, I know exactly what I need to do with my voice mm. now. You know, and you're learning all that. I mean, it's the same, you know, you have quick ways, don't you, to get to the emotion possibly that you're wanting to create. Not that you're not being authentic with what you're doing, but you know that vocally you can enhance that a mood yeah. or, or feeling. And again, I just, that's what I love about it, sort of. And the yeah. fact that we're all different and, and vocally um, we can use different techniques, um, you know, because we have a different set of, a vocal cords it's it's yeah. uh yeah it's and it is interesting you're saying that every every actor in the arts has their own kind of technique and it mm. and it is um yeah it's really interesting i mean i i think I, I always kind of envy the characters um who are the farmers because they get to do so much physical kind of, oh, you know all the, the grunting and the pulling things sticking their hands up calves bottoms and stuff um and i'm i you know i don't get to do a lot of very physical stuff. So, so any opportunity to make a kind of body noise. Hey, my dear, your time might come. You never know <laughs> what you may be out of a bag. To do. Yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah, true. Could be the yeah. next. Uh, you next could bet. be down at Brookfield. You <laughs> could <laughs> be at Brookfield. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you God. could be the next yeah. pig man there or pig person. <laughs> In their high heels. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Oh. I can't quite see that. I, I no. A nice I job for so. Tracy, but yeah, maybe just with more cricket to do something physical on the side. Yeah, yeah, more cricketing. That's that'll more do me. More cricketing. Yeah, <laughs> not the odd six over the pavilion. Oh. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Oh, it's been so lovely. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Um, and, and maybe you'll come on again and see us. And, but because oh, I have to say, um, I know I'm in it. You are one of my favourite, if not my favourite characters. I mean, I, I know for years I've been saying to you, I remember when you used to come in and you say, you know, your character's grown. It's been like this lovely bud that's sort of a flower that's suddenly blossomed in this fantastic character. But I always used to, at read-throughs, I just thought, this girl's good. But you, you were just so on it. You, you, I just knew that girl and, and you were so clever with it because you're so direct. You, and in fact, I've learned a lot from you about, about that, actually. It's just say it clearly and cleanly because I can be a bit flowery and a bit boring sometimes but it, but it is a it's, a it's a great thing and you it 
yeah, I love you. I love you. I'm oh, a big fan. So it's just you were very kind to me. You weren't lovely to me when I was coming in like once a year or something. <laughs> and to get to for you, who I admire so much, and and Lillian, you know, just such a terrific character, and and and, uh, and in the same, you know, the comedy. You get to play the comedy, and you play the comedy so well. Mm-hmm. Um, for you to, to to be saying that you know I was doing a good job was just it really helped me so thank oh. you. <laughs> but you know, but, but the thing is, but what it will have been as well as, and I remember talking to one of the, the lovely writers about all this when we was developing characters and so on, um, is that I remember him saying to me, but it's also what you give us. So you you suggest the way you handle the lines that we give you, then suggest other routes that we can take with your character, and you exactly did that most definitely. Yeah. You yeah. know that they thought, yeah, we can really expand it this way. So yeah. and you've done it so. Anyway, I'm so looking forward to where Tracy's going to go now. Yeah. yeah. When when Sunny said, you know, we shall we get somebody from the Archers into interview? I went Tracy Horribin. It was like my first. She's she's so so loved. Absolutely. uh, And it's just talent that's that's done it. So thank you. Such a delight to meet you. Such a pleasure to meet you. Really, Mm. really is. I have to say, we we save the we save the most important questions to last. (laughs) Okay. so, so here's the very important question, which is, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, we put her on the spot now. We put her on the spot. Okay, um, this is really boring, but it would probably be pizza. Would it? Lovely. Any particular type of pizza? Um, I think a veg, a vegetable pizza with chili sauce. With lots of chili sauce, I think because pizza just I could live off pizza, mm-hmm. um, could you? and I do probably eat it most days. <laughs> do, you, do you make it yourself, or do you buy it? I buy it, but also my husband is quite a good cook, and he bake he will make pizza dough and the sauce Marvelous. and stuff. I don't, I don't like cooking really. He plays the viola, he sings, and he makes beautiful pizza dough. It sounds great. Great. So, <laughs> so maybe we can tempt Susie back again with pizza another day. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd love That's to meet you both in flesh and do this with over pizza. Thank you so much, Susie. Um, but tell us, listen uh, about the podcast again. Your your second podcast. Tell us a bit more, so we, we know when it's on, etc. Well, we I do a podcast called Limited Time Only with uh, my very good friend Esther Stanford, and um, season two is is out now. It started now. We've got it's, every week. We've got seven episodes and um we describe limited time only as a pick me up in podcast form um it's a mix of chat yeah it is lovely it's a mix of chat comedy sketches and interviews with interesting people from all different you know um walks of life and different specialities so we have got some showbiz guests um in fact Mm -hmm. today i have just interviewed h from steps Steps. Actual H from Steps, who was a delight. Um, so um, yeah, oh, <laughs> I felt a bit I'm so being well. a guest after that, after interviewing him. Oh. Wow. That's... When is that? When is he on? Particularly, so he's you on know, towards the know. end of um, July. I can't. I think it might be the twenty first okay, of July, no, 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 something no, no, like but... that. Okay. He's the fi- he's the finale, the big finale. Um, but yeah, we've got some great topics of conversation. We've got some really funny sketches and. Um, uh, yeah, we just hope it makes people smile very much like yours, really. You know, it's lovely to listen to, to two people chatting about things they enjoy and um, and making people people's day a little bit brighter. So check it out. Limited well, time only on all major podcast apps. Definitely it does. It'll do more than make you smile. It makes me laugh out loud. It's really, really good. Really good. Thoroughly, really thoroughly, good. thoroughly recommend it. So Limited glad, time yeah. only. 
love you lots and um see you see you very soon thank you so see much you susie thank, thank you both thank you loads <laughs> of love oh wasn't that lovely i'm so thrilled that she came oh. to the show it's just great oh. she's so lovely oh. and so talented listen you know playing trombone piano sings what can you do do you play anything who me yeah you i've I got well i've always wanted to play the piano so during lockdown i bought a keyboard and um did you i never knew yeah. that yeah yeah it's sitting on the table over there so i can now play about three things really really badly and slowly <laughs> Slowly, incredibly slowly and very, very badly. But yeah, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be a concert pianist. But it, you know, it's you interesting. Listen, you're never too old to, to start. You're never too old to, to learn. But um, well, I look forward to coming around and listening to your virtuoso piece at some at some stage of Happy See? Birthday or something, whatever you're going to do. I, I will <laughs> practice something. Yeah. I might even pick up a trombone. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, talking of pizza, and Susie was talking about I'm a bit hungry now, and so I'm, right. I'm going to go off um, and have a cup of coffee. Or okay, you toddle off. Somewhere. I'm going to go and put what the bins out. Do? I'm going to go and put the bins out. We put the bins out. Oh, that's a nice job, out. isn't it? Yeah, it's a lovely job. How many how many bins do you have to put it's out? Big, then? It's big bins day today. So what does that mean? Then what does that mean? It's about six that go out today. No, six. Can't be six. You've got six bins. One, two, three, uh, what are they all for? What are they all uh, for? Six. This is fascinating topic, isn't it, listeners? We've oh, got the garden waste. The garden yeah. waste. That's one. Yeah. The paper. Yeah. Two recycling boxes. Two oh, rubbish God. boxes, and the food bin. Good. It's too much for me. I couldn't cope with that. We've only got three. I couldn't live in London. I just couldn't do it. Sorry. No. They've just given us now. It appeared on the doorstep. This small green bin. I mean, I've got a big green bin, you know, for supposedly garden waste and compost. But now they've got this small green bin, and it, and somebody said, "Oh yeah, they're going to come and, and take this away weekly. This is for your food." But we've yeah. had it for about six weeks, and nobody's been. I can't be doing with it. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, look, get off to your to your, your I'll bins. I'll go and do my bins. You go and do bins. Oh, no, I'll go and have my All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time. <laughs>